Chris Tire Information Whiskey, 2153 Zulu. Wind, 060 at 5. Seriously, it's Mike Juliet, this is Archer Radar Contact. Hazardous weather information from Minnesota available on flight service frequency. You've dialed in the Flying Midwest Podcast. Connecting aviators from across America's heartland. Sharing news, information, and events from around the region. Sit back, relax, and join our crew for some hangar talk as we discuss a wide variety of regional aviation topics. And now, from our home at the Anoka County Blaine Airport, our checklist is complete and we're ready for departure for another episode of the Flying Midwest Podcast. What is going on, everyone? Jim here with the Flying Midwest Podcast. So happy you're able to join us. On this episode, we're talking all about check rides. We'll talk with you about our own checkride experiences, what we've done to prepare, and the resources that have helped us be successful. And as always, news, information, and events from around the region, with some friendly hangar talk along the way. So strap in, and let's take off into this episode of the Flying Midwest Podcast. Before we get started with the episode, just a quick legally sounding disclaimer for you. In this episode, we're talking about check rides. The information that we'll share with you is for entertainment purposes only. Though Maddie is a CFI, none of us are your CFI. The thoughts and opinions shared are just that, thoughts and opinions. Please make sure you consult with your CFI before your check ride. Hey, Jim. Hey, Maddie. Hey, Trevor. How's it going, Trevor? It's going. How are you guys? Great. Swell. Happy Thanksgiving, you two, and everyone out there in our podcast land. Happy Thanksgiving to the Americans. Happy really belated Thanksgiving to the Canadians. And happy regular day for all our European viewers. We, we're just in. All zero. We're them. just here. All we care about is the Midwest. Sorry, guys. It is true. How's the teaching going, Maddie? It's going. Sorry. I have to she said super enthusiastically. Everything's great. Well, I soloed my first student last week. So that was a big milestone for him and for me. (laughs) So that was good. His name is Dustin. He did great. Um, Good job, Dustin. Yeah, good job, Dustin. He doesn't know I have a podcast. I have kept that very on the down low with my students. (laughs) I haven't said a word. I'm like, I am not inviting that until they're like. (laughs) They're college kids, Trevor. What do you think? That'll be their parting gift. They receive their certificate and you inform them. By the way, check out this awesome podcast I'm on. <laughs> Which I don't listen to you. I don't listen to, yeah. <laughs> but you can hear me make a fool of myself with two of my weird, strange friends. Hey, it's great. I resent but that. All I heard is that she said we're her friends. That's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> class half full, class half empty. <laughs> yeah. We're her friends. That's all I got. Anyway. That's all that matters. I so I'm the only double I at the college, or I will be once my coworker leaves. So that means I am potentially losing all my students, which makes me very sad. Are you talking about losing your primary students for instrument students or what? Yeah. So I have to take on my coworker students. Okay. Anyway, I love the thing is the biggest thing is I love my students. I love all of them and I don't want to lose any of them, especially because all the hard work I put into them, you know, feel me? Yeah. 
because like going them from going from zero to private pilot that's a big deal so for me let's hear it, jim i really like corn no i'm just kidding <laughs> a big love <laughs> all right um i have done no flying uh, in the last couple of weeks well actually since my check ride our plane's still down for maintenance i've gotten some work done on the hangar but no airplane flying stuff so um i did order some books for my next aviation adventure which will start next year um but i will start adventures with jj the jet plane yeah that's basically that's the book that i got jj the no it's not you unlocked the core memory <laughs> no i'm going to start um You're doing some stuff for that yes see... never mind <laughs> so what are some of the books that you got jim um i got all the books that maddie told me to get to start studying for cfi <laughs> flying midwest podcast um, yeah, i got right. a book wait do we have a book no I've learned a lot from Brian Turner's YouTube channels on what not to talk about as an instructor. And there's the one drop of Brian Turner's name for this episode. <laughs> There'll be. I wonder if he's, has he had contact with you about how sick yeah, he is? I talked to him the other day. He didn't tell Which me really? how sick he is of that. I just, I was oh. talking about something. That he, maybe it was the day he texted me and not important. Uh, anyway, I haven't been flying. I hope to start studying here in early January for the flight instructor rating and seeing where that takes me. Do you, do you want to team up? A flight instructor. Team up. Like take team up? I'm good. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to go get my CFI when I get home. <sighs> okay. That's gonna be so much fun. Oh my gosh, this podcast is gonna be a disaster with the three of us being CFIs. <laughs> Why? Think of how right all the time. Think how smart we're all gonna be and how we're all gonna be right about our own specific things, and we'll probably never fight at all about any of it. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. Now you're right. The bickering CFI podcast civil all the time. Yeah. <laughs> see i've see i've removed myself from a lot of those groups the bickering you know yeah the bickering groups. yeah there's a few of them out there if you found this podcast by way of your social media group where we have maybe advertised um we're definitely not talking about your group <laughs> <laughs> so trevor how's your new plane treating you good she's flying very well good poor old line poor old line guy was fueling it last week and fell off the ladder and dug the fuel nozzle into the paint. Ugh. Oh no. Just cosmetic so, damage though? Cos- cosmetic, yeah. I felt bad for the guy. And he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm like, where, where is it on the plane? Is it on the wing or on the side? No, it's um it's not on the windshield, but it's it's the it's the bracket that holds the, the plexi in. Oh, oh sure, okay. sure. Okay. So. Is it is that hard to touch up? I don't even know. <laughs> I know what cars are yeah. planes. It's probably the same process. It's down to the metal, so I'm gonna have to prime it and then do some white touch up paint. It's white out, okay. is that what you said? <laughs> yep. <laughs> In that's true really classless the... fashion. <laughs> because whiteout is great for airplanes. But been doing a lot of flying. So Trevor, tell us about the timeline. You're doing a lot of flying. Are you just doing Cessna flying? Are you doing other types of flying? Well, I finally touched a C-130 for the first time in seven weeks. Is that Yay! what you're getting at? Yes, that's, that's what where I was going. Getting. I was trying. <laughs> it, it sounds like uh, sounds like um, a beehive, like the wasps. It buzzes. It's no longer the growl; it's the buzzing. Really, bees. Weird. Yeah. I don't know how I feel yeah. about that. You don't get the growl. Yeah, it's kind of sad. 
I am scheduled to have my check ride, which ironically is today's topic. You and the segways, they're, they're getting so great. Pretty good there, Trevor. Check rides. It's everybody's favorite, right? Um, check rides are collective favorite? No. <laughs> but no. I don't think they have to be as scary as we make them in our heads. It's coming from the guy who makes them as scary as possible in his own head. Having done, what is it, seven now? I get that. <laughs> like, really hard. <laughs> I think I just now started to, like, get it figured out. Oh, good. Now that you're done with them all. Yeah, right. Before we get into the regional news, we do want to talk about one of the biggest aviation stories going on right now, and that is the crash that happened at Wings Over Dallas with the two warbirds uh, a week or so ago. It's one of those sad situations that Texas Sky Raiders, they've, they've not just been, you know, Texas. You know, they've not just been East Coast, West Coast. They've been, they've been all over the United States, and I think internationally, too. And a lot of those guys have communities outside of just Texas. So this is a very, very tough time for the aviation community, especially those that go to Warbirds and and want to see these historic aircraft flying again. Um, I was actually supposed to be there. I was I was supposed to be there, but I I couldn't fly in because the weather was too bad. And then a few things got got laid up. I'm glad I didn't go because that's that's something that's a lot of people are going to have to live with for the rest of their lives. Uh, you know, all of our thoughts and prayers go out to the families of those six members that, that perished in that accident. Yeah. Unfortunately, one of the negatives of social media and the digital age we live in is there's photos and videos of this crash everywhere. And in that space of respect for the families and those involved, we're going to refrain from making any commentary on how we think this happened. There's plenty of videos out there that talk about that. Um, but we prefer to go down the road of let the NTSB and the FAA do their investigation. Causes will come out in the near future, I'm sure. Uh, but we're going to focus on just paying you know, our respect and the little way that we can in our podcast to those families and those that are affected. Amen. Well, it's off to Jim for news and events. For our first story, we head to Nebraska from KOLN in Lincoln, Nebraska. The Nebraska State Patrol has purchased its first new aircraft in over a dozen years. The Bell 505 has cost the patrol roughly $1.9 million, but is expected in the long haul to save money. The new aircraft is smaller and more fuel efficient, and will help to extend the life of their current Bell 407 helicopter, which is over a dozen years old. The Nebraska State Patrol also hopes to use the aircraft to help them better utilize their resources, being 74 troopers short. So far in 2022, their air unit has taken 530 trips between their multiple aircraft. They can respond to situations such as natural disasters, flooding, fires, or tornadoes, as well as locating missing persons. They can also monitor traffic situations in real time and help to provide direction to units on the ground to better utilize their resources. So I know that in the Midwest, unlike other parts of the country, the state level law enforcement entities are the ones that provide that aerial law enforcement support to most agencies within their state. So Nebraska being very similar, uh, this will be a well-utilized resource in that area. Staying in Nebraska, our next story is from Fox 42, KPTM, also out of Omaha, Nebraska. United Airlines is partnering with the University of Nebraska Omaha's Aviation Institute. This partnership is the only United Aviate partnership within the state of Nebraska and one of only 14 programs nationwide. 
The program's goal is to place soon-to-be pilots on track to get in their wings, hopefully through a career with United Airlines. Students can apply for the program in their sophomore year, the goal of the program being to provide a pipeline for workforce development for United Airlines. The airlines hopes to be on track to hire nearly 10,000 more pilots in this decade. We talk from time to time about the aviation maintenance field also needing professionals. Well, Kirkwood Community College in Iowa is starting a maintenance program for just that. The program based out of the Cedar Rapids College will be a two-year program to help individuals qualify to work on anything from small aircraft to commercial airliners. A recent survey found that there's 90 openings every year for aviation mechanics just in Iowa alone. Nationally, there's a projection that there will be a need for more than 600,000 mechanics over the next decade. Classes are scheduled to begin fall of 2023. Now we head over to Wisconsin where a unique situation took place on a local golf course. On November 15th, emergency responders in Waukesha County, Wisconsin responded to the emergency landing of a Fairchild SA-227AT expediter. The aircraft made an off-airport landing at the Western Lakes Golf Club, which is about six miles short of the Waukesha County Airport. On board the aircraft were 56 rescue dogs. The rescue dogs were being flown from New Orleans, Louisiana to various shelters around Wisconsin. Despite this rough unplanned landing, the Waukesha County Sheriff's Office reports that all three people and all animals on board did survive, though some sustained minor injuries. All the animals were treated by staff veterinarians of the Humane Animal Rescue Society and are expected to be placed for adoption in the coming days. Reports are indicating that there was snowfall and limited visibility in the area at the time. This incident remains under investigation by the NTSB and the FAA. And finally, a story that will impact many states across the region as winter approaches. The U.S. Department of Transportation has awarded more than $76.2 million for snowplows, de-icing equipment, and building upgrades to store the equipment. 85 airports across 28 states will receive funding to help them keep operating smoothly in the winter months. Some of the more significant impacts in our region include $3.6 million to the Rickenbacker International Airport in Columbus, Ohio, and $600,000 to the Ford Airport in Iron Mountain, Michigan for snow removal equipment. The Williston Basin International Airport in Williston, North Dakota, received nearly $300,000 to construct a de-icing pad. And finally, the Brainerd Lakes Regional Airport in Brainerd, Minnesota, received $2.1 million for the construction and renovation of buildings that house and maintain their snow removal equipment. It sure is great to see some federal dollars being dedicated to help keeping our airports running smoothly during the harsh winter months we see in the northern states of our country. And a huge thanks goes out to all those guys and gals who are out there moving snow, keeping our airports clean and clear so that we can get up there and enjoy that great winter flying. And just a couple events to tell you about this time around. The Tree of Hope 2022 Toy Collection event will take place at the St. Cloud Regional Airport in St. Cloud, Minnesota. That takes place Saturday, December 3rd from 8 a.m. until 12 p.m. For those not already familiar, Tree of Hope is an annual toy collection that takes place to benefit many local hospitals here in Minnesota. They look for a wide range of gifts to be able to donate to children that are in the unfortunate circumstance of having to be hospitalized over the holidays. So if you're in the area, please consider contributing to that event. More information is available at HolidayTreeOfHope.org. And another reminder of the EAA Breakfast with Santa event taking place at the West Bend Airport in West Bend, Wisconsin. Head out and join those folks Saturday, December 10th. They're serving breakfast from 7 a.m. until 11 a.m. It's $8 per person. Children under four eat free with a paid adult. Santa is expected to land by helicopter at 
have your cameras ready. And as we wrap up events, we're heading into those winter months where events are starting to be a little bit more scarce. If you have an event you'd like featured on the podcast, be sure to reach out to us at Podcast at gmail.com. So guys, you ready to talk about the dreaded check rides? Yeah, I'm always ready. She said with confidence. I'm always ready. I have to get start getting some of my students ready for check rides. So it's very relevant to me right now. Well, then this is the perfect time to talk about it. You can get your little speech agree. to your students out of the way with us and our audience. And you can share this podcast with your students. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've kept it under wraps for this long. No, we, pretty we good. talked about this. This is your parting gift. Once they get their wings, they get access to the knowledge that you're on a podcast. That's your gift. Oh, what to, a, what to a the true world. gift. Yeah, it's a gift. Students. Check rides are always these doom and gloom and scary story kind of times for especially brand new pilots that are first getting their, their wings tacked on. And it's really, it doesn't really have to be that bad. It's all in the eye of the beholder. That's the reality of it is that if you think you're going to have a crappy, you know, DPE and you go in there with that attitude that my DPE is going to be crappy to me, then your day is going to be crap. I'm a firm believer that if you approach your DPE with, you know, with a little bit of humility, with a little bit of, I don't know, but I know where to look and find it for good PMA. I mean, you'll, you'll do well as long as you don't flub your stuff. What they're asking for is not unrealistic. I like your. I like the PMA. That is that is super true. Um, I've definitely. I went into my CFI check ride super tired, and I was kind of dreading it, and I ended up failing. That is the only one I've ever failed so far. You know, hopefully, you know, it stays that way. But uh, it definitely took a toll on me. And I, there were a couple other stre- check rides that I stressed way too much over, and my performance suffered because of it. You know, that dread, like hanging on to that dread really does a number on you. I've had that level of dread with every check ride that I've taken. Um, and I've I've got a good examiner I go to who um, the last one I just did, um, that was one of the first things she said. Like, oh, you've done all your check rides with me. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I'm a little nervous. She's like, why are you nervous? If this is your third check ride with me, you know what you're getting. Um, I love Barb so much. Yes, um, the Minnesota-renowned Barb Mack is who I've done all my check rides with. She's fantastic. Um, we love Barb here. But she's fair. Uh, she, mm-hmm. she just, Like you had told me after I got my, my certificate, like if you do it with Barb, you know you earned it. Um, she puts you through your paces, but she's very professional. She's very easy to talk to and have a conversation with. And that's what I've appreciated about her so far. I, I got the same thing with barb yeah it's like oh you know if you got it from her you earned it and when i went back she came to me and i did all the things and yeah she was had a lot of praises and i truly felt like i had earned it you know even after the failure like after the sting of that wore off you know i definitely felt like yep i earned that certificate i think i think that's pretty accurate i've never had barb barb mac but i've had uh, brian addis for two of my check rides he is a pretty cool guy. He's very down to earth. He he knows if you know your stuff. Mm-hmm. First, you know, ten minutes of sitting down and talking. He knows if you know your stuff. You get in the airplane, and Brian is just one of those guys. If you if you know your stuff, he knows that you know your stuff. And his check rides are super chill, super laid back. 
but he he has a checklist that he wants to see from you. Wants to do it? Okay. Perform this? Check. 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 Okay, what are your uh, personal weather minimums? Check. Uh, give me the you know weather minimums for class. Go. Check. And it's just right down the list. And it's very organized, very methodical. And I, overall, he did a great job. Now, my uh, my commercial single was, my initial commercial was the hard one that, that I flubbed up on with the uh, Power Off 1As, which apparently everybody does to a certain degree. Not Maddie, because Maddie's awesome. And then not Jim, because Jim's also equally as awesome. So I'm... Oh, no, no. <clears throat> I hate that maneuver. Hate it. <laughs> <laughs> You've practiced it a ton. I had I three like goes crazy. at it. And then I was said, and they said, okay, you're going for your trek right now. And I said, okay. I don't remember how it went. I, I obviously, I passed, so obviously it was okay, but. I, I can power off, <clears throat> I can power off 180s, most airplanes now, because I failed that check ride, because of power off 180s. So I think the easiest way to start your preparations for your check ride is in the ACS itself. The ACS is really going to lay out all the things that you're going to have to either talk about or demonstrate during that check ride. Um, your instructor should be going through this with you in advance. But um, for me personally, as I was getting ready to go, um, I had my nose in that ACS as well as my other study materials to give myself that idea of what's coming. What am I going to have to talk about? What am I going to have to be knowledgeable on and perform? Um, the same thing kind of holds true for your written test. Once you get those results back and the questions that you miss, you do have to talk about those subject areas, at least with the examiner. So I made sure that I was very aware of the areas that I struggled with. I sat down with my instructor before my check rides and went, all right, here's the areas that I didn't do hot on on the test or I missed questions on. And I'm going to have to talk about it within the check ride itself. My instructor and I, would, would we do mock check ride questions on those specific subject areas. So I knew that I was prepared and up to speed on those as opposed to like a lot of these testing centers now of just knowing the answers to the questions, being able to talk about it too, I think is equally as important, if not more so. Absolutely. Especially because you're going to be asked about it and whether or not you get one or five wrong, <clears throat> you know, you're going to be asked about it. And some, you know, if you've been doing really well um, and you've already glossed over that, um, you know, usually that's the first order of business. They usually, DPs usually want to get that out of the way first. Um, sometimes they'll work it in if if you already have a list of stuff that you like, hey, these were the these were the subject areas. Sometimes they'll work it in, but in general, they just want to get it out of the way. So if they if they can see that you're talking competently about it and it was just like you selected the wrong one, it's stuff they they understand it happens. Even if you get like a mid-level score, usually the written test is not the end of the world. I've seen people nope. go in with, you know, 71% and pass. The knowledge test is exactly what you expect as a knowledge test, but I've always been a firm believer that that's posing a question and giving four answers. For me, I'm very analytical. I ask a lot of follow-on questions to really understand to what that question is asking. So trying to dive down into what it is that they're actually asking, I have to ask a lot of follow-on questions, which you don't get a chance to do in the knowledge test. So I end up... You know, reading too much into the question and then all of a sudden i get a really crappy score but honestly i've been able to talk intelligently talk intelligently speak intelligently 
uh, all those areas that I struggled on be like, look, I was reading too much into the question. This is what I know. You ask me anything on this. I will tell you what I believe. And from there, judge my, judge my level. You know, if, if I'm, if I'm to the ACS standards, great. If not, then that's an area deficiency. That's where I need to improve upon. And to this date, you know, I've, my feedback has always been, it's, I've done very well. Now, just because something is not illegal doesn't mean it's smart. That's where the DP is also trying to dive down into, into your knowledge level. You can, you can read and understand the books all you want, but until you actually apply it and show how that applies in, in a day-to-day life, that's really where the DPA wants to, DPU wants to see you. Yeah, I try to do that as much as I can with my students. It's like, hey, yeah, I know you're learning all these things in grad school and all that. Um, here's some real life application. And oftentimes it's, hey, here's not what to do. See what that guy's doing? It's legal. He can do that. Should he? No. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, yeah, you can be both legal and dumb. And also just talking, like you said, talking intelligently about, you know, all kinds of different topics. That's what you kind of have to do when you're a pilot. You have to have a very broad range of knowledge of a lot of subjects. And almost 100% of the time, you're not going to be good at all of them. I know I didn't get to say this earlier, but yes, studying um, what Jim was saying about studying the ACS, I find that that is so critical. As far as like number tolerances, like those are some things that some pilots just don't know going into their check ride. You know, I, I did a, an oral with the, a mock oral with this girl, um, her, she was going for her check ride the next day. Her instructor had never brought up the ACS. She didn't even know what it was. I asked her a couple questions and I'm like, like, this is in the ACS. Like, have you looked at that? Like you, you do have to know this. And she's like, I don't know what that is. And I was like, cancel your check ride right now. That's a please before it's too late. And thankfully she did. She did end up, you know, she didn't take it. And then she ended up passing later, which was great. But it's like, had I not, you know, not that I'm like, oh, yeah, like, good job, Maddie. But like, that's, that happens. So don't get caught unawares. You know, there's your, your instructor should be preparing you for your first check ride. Um, But sometimes, you know, you may not have a great instructor or, you know, falls through the cracks somehow. Um, So definitely know that that document exists and look at it, you know, especially if you're getting into the cross country phase before solo, it's really not helpful in my experience. They say the last three hours, I feel like that's not enough. Um, You know, it's right before your check ride. So definitely start looking at it and understanding those tolerances, what's going to be expected of you on that check ride, um, because it's going to be relevant. (laughs) It's going to be very relevant. So on a related topic with the ACS, the FAR AIM also does a pretty good job in the front pages of listing the different regulations and the areas in the aim that you're likely going to face on your check ride. Um, I know that in one version of my check rides, I can't remember which one it was off the top of my head, um, I tab the living daylights out of my far aim. Um, pros and cons to that. Um, now it's just a bunch of tabs and you got to try to figure out what you're looking for and where to find it. But I, I found that if you know how to work that book, work through the index, work through the different, you know, chapters to find what you're looking for. I think that's almost a little bit more beneficial than tabbing the living daylights out of it. I think that if you go through, you look at that list of the different bar aim regulations and things you need to know and go through and highlight it and make notes of things that are important to you, that's going to be more beneficial. 
I think, at least in my experience, that was more beneficial to go through that route than just tab, 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 tab. Um, I'll look it up if I need to. So if you are a tabber, if you like tabbing, I would suggest tabbing out the sections so you connect, like, so it's not just a blank book because that already then there's half of it taken care of. At least you can get to a section without feeling a little bit overwhelmed, but also labeling generic stuff. Um, like I didn't, I labeled, you know, student pilot, private pilot. So that was just easy to find. And when in going through that, you know, I like the last time I did, it, I mean, this is like the fourth time I've done it now. I've read through all of it. So it's like, I know exactly where these things are. It's just, you know, the tab makes it a lot easier to find, you know, in that, yeah. you know, okay, part 91. Okay, great. I'm here at part 91. I know it's somewhere in here. Okay. Here, there, there it is. You know, so do what works for you for sure. I would suggest not going in there with a blank far aim, unless you are very good at knowing where all the things are. Oh, I'd agree with that. I'm not saying I, I would go in blank. No, no, no. But I'm just saying for for having people, every single one of the FARs that are listed on that sheet, like I'm not going to point out a company, but there are companies out there that will sell a tabbed out FAR aim that just, it's <laughs> got to be over a hundred tabs in that thing. Um, well, there are definitely over a hundred tabs in mine, but they all mean the things that I need them <laughs> to mean. So if you're you, ruining if my you, point, Maddie. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. But here's, here's the thing. If you don't make them, they're not yours. Therefore right. you don't know what the heck you're, you just got a book. That's all that is especially the pre-tabbed ones because, or even if you get tabs that are already written down, like I remember writing and this is my, for me personally, I remember the things that I write. So I wrote on those tabs and some of them were like, you know, these pages, this is, these are miscellaneous pages. So it's got, you know, um, this, 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 and this covered on these pages. So I tabbed that one, but I remember writing it. So I know like kind of where it is, what color it is. You know, I kind of had a system for, and this is just for me, but yeah, getting a, don't get, don't spend a hundred dollars on a $13 book that's just tabbed out. It's not going to help you at all. Yeah. Buy your own tabs, tab it yourself as you're highlighting is that that's what I ultimately have done on all of them. There's one that I went way overboard on. It was where it's going <laughs> with that. So what other resources have you guys used? So we've got the obvious, you've got the ACS, you've got the FAR aims. What are the resources have you guys put to use as you prep for your check ride? Everything explained. Everything explained. I did just recently buy that book. Yeah, that one's good. It's a lot though. Oh my gosh. There's a lot of stuff in there, but it is mm-hmm. it is a book that I look forward to diving into a little bit more. For sure. As long as you recognize each section, yes. It is It is a lot of information and it, and it dives down to every, just what you need. For me, don't, don't scoff at this, Maddie, but for my for commercial, Jason Shepard. The, the audio book for Jason Shepard, hands down, we talked a lot, or he talked a lot about uh, the ACS specifically, and really dived down to a lot of the different, you know, limitations of being commercially rated pilot, um, weather, the different kinds of hypoxia. And, and that actually kind of helped me because I could sit there while I was being, a you know, acting as a duty rigger, I could rig all my parachutes and stuff like that with headphones in and plugging away at it. And, you know, a few weeks later, I, I completely crushed my oral. No, that's that's a good resource. I've definitely heard good things about that, especially the audiobook, not so much the physical yep. book, because he's actually talking. Um, yep. I have heard that. I've never heard it, but I have heard good things about the audiobook. I personally like the Jeppesen Private Pilot Handbook and Instrument Commercial Handbook. Both of those are invaluable. They are worth their weight in gold. They're a little bit on the expensive side. They're not free, just like the, the FAA books, but 
I find that for specific ratings, the information is put in a very palatable, easy to understand way, um, especially for if you're a reader, if you're, you know, if you like to watch videos, it may not be for you, um, but they have a lot of diagrams in there. Um, it's written very well. Um, it actually feels like it's written for the, the check ride, but not to pass the check ride. It's just the information that you need from those documents because all of it is from the FAA. It is as updated as it can be. I know because I talked to the author more on that later. Um, and <laughs> so although you can't bring it into the check ride, I think if you're struggling with a topic or you're just, you just have the like knowledge hunger, like I do, like, I just want to know all about the things that is where you should go for sure for, um, every rating in my opinion. Uh, something else that I liked, um, ASA has the different oral exam guidebooks that they've got for the different ratings. Um, I've used not only those books, but as well, I've used their their mobile apps that will let you go through those various different scenario questions. And what I like to do is, well, one, um, with the app, I pull up the question. It gives you time to kind of think through it. I'd verbally say what I think my answer would be, and then I'd check it with what they have written down there. And there's always little tidbits of things I'd, I'd pick up each time, and I'd make notes of that as I went through. Uh, but as I got closer to the actual check ride, I did the mock check rides with my instructor um, with the oral exam guidebooks and other resources to help practice those skills and being able to recall that information. And it helps prevent some of those feelings of, I guess, stuck. Going, going, down, going down the rabbit hole. Well, that too. Yeah. Avoid that at all costs. Beware. Do not rabbit hole yourself. For the love of your future for certificate. Yes, rabbit holes are say what you need and not a whole lot more, unless you are an expert on the subject. Ask me how I know, but don't do not do it to the yeah, one word answer. I did do this in one of my check rides because I was like, I was told, hey, you need to not do that. You need to stop talking. And I was like, okay. So I literally gave such infuriating answers that my DP was just like, okay, Maddie, you need to stop. You need to actually tell me what you're talking about. I was like, okay. But they said not to say too much. He's like, just tell me. Tell me the answers. It's fine. So that was exciting for me. The other thing I'd put out there as a resource, and you have to be careful with it, is the YouTube machine. There are certain places that are reputable that you can go on there and find mock check rides that are going to do a pretty good job of it. Um, or... I will throw out um, Seth Lake and him explaining the ACS. I used that for my commercial check ride, and I thought that was awesome. Um, he he explained it very well from an examiner's perspective of what they're looking for, not only in the verbal portion, but in the practical, in the air portion as well. Um, so I thought that was an incredible source. Brian Turner, on the other hand, and his video on runway markings is not going to help you. So you have to know what resources you can turn to. <laughs> So Seth Lake did my multi-commercial. That's right. He did, didn't he? Yep. Oh, I just looked. He I didn't is, know him. Seth Lake. He doesn't like he, tabs. <laughs> Seth Lake, that. That, he doesn't like tabs. He, But his his YouTube channel is fantastic for prepping for check rides, I think. Yeah, I've never I've never seen this. Dang. Not not just for prepping for pet, for check rides, but for like uh, four flights. Like the oh, guy, sure. yeah. the, guy mm. the guy is smart. So... Anybody that's on here, if you want some really good, solid information, especially from a DPE, check him out. Hashtag not sponsored by Seth Lake. <laughs> there you go. So let's talk a little bit about the day bef 
before or a couple days before the check ride, you're getting your information from your DPE on required things that they're going to want from you. How did that go for you guys? Hey guys, I got to go fly an airplane in the morning. I'm going to jump off for my legal rest time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we wouldn't want to infringe on uh, duty limitations. Yeah. Nope. Been a pleasure. Sleep. Have yeah, a good rest. See you, Trevor. I certainly will. Au revoir. Uh, See you. Aw. <gasps> we didn't just see it with him. Crap. Shameful. All right. Oh, well, we um, can just, just clip in here. like another SIA we've done. <laughs> Nobody will know this. That might be what I do. <laughs> so a couple of other spots I want to go is I know that every check ride I've done, I talk to the examiner a day or two before. I get a cross-country to plan, weights and balance to plan, and a basic kind of rundown of of like where we're meeting and stuff like that. Is that accurate for what you've done too? Yeah, that's pretty much the standard. Um, sometimes thought. you have, oftentimes you have to reach out to the DPE. Well, right, so right, you, right, right. Yeah. So I'm just saying like mm-hmm. in general, yeah, most DPEs you want to call at, at least text, if not call or email, whatever in advance and get, they will give you a scenario. Usually yep. it's something to the extent of you now you and two buddies are going on across country from here to here. I don't know. It's you're going to a baseball game um, at, you know, this time and, you know, here's your situation. Like they'll give you different things. Um, I've gotten some really obscure ones that I think that just like my DPs were bored or whatever, but um, so that directly flows into your flight plan. Your strike your check ride will be based around that. Now your check rides after that will be based on that as kind of as well. Um, it shows, you know, it kind of is all encompassing as far as decision-making um, you know, logic and, you know, your knowledge of your aircraft, of your situation, weather minimums, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, definitely make sure that you spend a, a good amount of time before your check ride on those things. And I use that as an opportunity too, to build my nav log in a way that's going to be beneficial as I'm asked questions as well. So I'm, I'm picking good waypoints. I'm writing down different frequencies. And frankly, that's how I fly now anyways, of having that list of in route frequencies that I might need to reference, whether it be a VOR, um, if I want to pull up weather somewhere in route, I put that right in my nav log as I go along with those waypoints. So I'll put, you know, this waypoint, this frequency, this VOR as I go along. But then you're also planning out your weights of balance for that within that um, scenario planning. You're doing your fuel usage, things like that. So my nav log was very beneficial to having all those things, you know, in a nice place, ready to go. What I did with that then is I put all the documents I was going to need to show my examiner in a three ring binder. Now that's a personal preference thing. So I had my medical in one page. I had, I had the weights and balance. I would have the FAA forms you have to have filled out uh, the nav log. And then I had a few like airport diagrams of possible divert sites. Cause you're going to have to divert. Um, so in the event that my iPad has some sort of catastrophic failure, at the hands of a DPE during a check ride, <laughs> I still had a paper chart to work off of, um, should that be necessary. The other thing that I did is you obviously have your required um, hours that you have to get certain, you know, you've got your long cross countries for your commercial rating, various things that you have to like show in your logbook. So to make that easier to find, I located all those kind of benchmark things that you're going to have to show your examiner. And I tabbed those out in my logbook. So I could go, all right, blue tab is my long cross country. I just flip that open. Here it is. I can explain what it is to the examiner and we can keep moving. I did the same thing with the aircraft maintenance log 
for the 100 hour inspection, the pedostatic inspections, things like that, to demonstrate that all the inspections we need to have for the aircraft are complete, it's safe to fly. Ditto. I pretty much did all that. I, I have done all of that. Um, yes, definitely get into those maintenance logs. You know, some some aircraft, you know, depending on their age and stuff, there's a lot to slog through. And sometimes you'll find things that aren't necessarily up to snuff. Um, and that's, you know, definitely do that a few days before your check ride, just in case. You know, it could be just a matter of, you know, something not being signed off properly or, you know, an inspection was not complete. Uh, definitely look at those because your check ride can end as soon as it starts if, you know, because they will, the DPs know what to look for. So they will definitely see if something is amiss. Um, but yeah, I didn't have a three ring binder, but I did have all my required documents all in one spot, usually in a folder of some variety. And then I could take all those with me because the medical goes in my flight bag and then here my, you know, my uh, certificates go in my, my phone wallet and stuff like that. Like I have places for all of them. So, you know, they were easy to put back, not too bad. Um, but having all those documents showing that you're prepared for any rating is goes a long way. I came in with my and my CFI check ride. I came in with my books tabbed, like my PHAC, my AF, um, my AFH. They were all tabbed, not excessively, but like by, per chapter. And Barb, it was impressed. And you know, along with my all my um, gosh, what are those lesson plans? Which I am using. To anybody who says you'll never use your lesson plans, if you make good ones, yes, you will. You will use them. I have used them a lot and they have saved my bacon a few times. <laughs> so put the time and effort into your, um, into that stuff. And that will make you a better instructor as well. You know, going into a, the instructor check ride, if you do go there, if you are preparing for an instructor check ride, you know, take care in that stuff. You know, it does mean, it means something, you know, to a DPE, it will make a difference in the way you teach. It will make a difference to your students to show that you're prepared and that you you do know this stuff. But, you know, sometimes you want to make sure that everything's covered, things like that. Um, definitely, definitely take the time with those. I wish Trevor was here because I want to I want to just touch on like most embarrassing check ride moments. <laughs> no, because like, you know, it's for fun because I, okay. I have plenty. I have plenty. But you go ahead and start then and I'll pick one up after I have one. I'll pick up just after one. That. Lucky. I just have the one that's really fresh in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are a few. One of which I cannot talk about because it will probably get me in legal trouble. So we're not we're not talking about that one. And these are mostly goof ups, just like awkward moments. Um, definitely the time I almost landed at a closed airport in Florida. There's uh, and the DVE did this on purpose. Picked an airport that was on a route for a diversion. Um, and right next to it, like two miles away from it, there was a closed airport and it took me a little too long to figure it out. I'm just like, wait, hold on. That runway looks weird. And it's got an X on it. This isn't my airport. And he's like, oh my God, <laughs> I never thought you'd say it. I was like, whoops, <laughs> but you know, I, I realized that and I flew over and we, we made, we continued with the check ride. It wasn't a big deal. Um, my instrument check ride, I left the flaps in <laughs> after going missed and I did my cruise checklist <laughs> as i i did my cruise checklist and missed it and god bless jake this was like the biggest thing that i failed on like goofed on but he he just said he just said gee it would be a real drag if this wasn't on the checklist and i was like what he's like it'd be a real drag and i was like shit <laughs> so i was flying an archer so if you've never flown an archer or um, an aircraft with a johnson bar flap system 
you can't always see the 10 degrees because it's pretty close to the floor. So that was awkward. But I didn't I didn't bust the speed, like the flap extended speed. So he didn't fail me. Should he have? Maybe. But <laughs> maybe you know, after when he landed, he's like, you got some things to work on, but you passed. I was like, thanks. <laughs> so flaps my is, yeah flaps is my embarrassing story too because oh, really? i was yeah um on my commercial check ride um same thing like i don't know how many times i was told and like i will reiterate to anyone who asks me and will actually listen to my advice like use your checklist use your checklist use your checklist they one i i think they want to see you use your checklist um but two it's there to help you remember crap that you're going to forget if you use it correctly, um, I made a mistake and I got distracted. I looked away mid checklist through something because I thought I was going to be smart. I, I had a feeling that someone was going to pull a fast one on me and not wear their shoulder harness. Um, so I looked over to oh. make sure, and sure enough, no shoulder harness. That was I'm like, all right, I I'm gonna I'm gonna get that in a second here. But then I went back to my checklist. I missed putting up the the flaps on the pre taxi <sighs> checklist. So we're taxiing out and. Um, a comment was made something to the effect of maybe we should put our flaps up so we don't look like a bunch of amateurs out here. <laughs> As I'm taxiing out on my commercial check ride, I'm not, it's not even a private <laughs> pilot check ride. Oh, this that's is good. my third check ride. And yeah, <laughs> let's put the flaps up so we don't look like a bunch of amateurs. That is okay. so funny. Oh, Barb. Um, I did fail on emergency approach to landing. So that was embarrassing. Because it's like that. That hasn't been done on every check ride or anything. Like, that's cool. It's like failing on a normal landing. Like, nice job. It's not an embarrassing story, but I think maybe it's Oops. an experience all the same. And you know the story because we've talked about it already. But it, bleh, we've talked okay. about it already. That's what I was trying to say. Your weather minimums. Like, there's, what, the three ways you can end a check ride, right? You either, you're going to get a certificate, you're not going to pass, or there's the discontinued. And that could be for whether it be maintenance, uh, weather issues, things like that. And mine was a weather issue. I took a discontinuance on my commercial rating after I got the oral done. We looked at the weather. It was above what my personal minimums were for that flight. Now, that said, I looked at the weather and I looked at the weather and I looked at the weather and I looked at the weather again while I'm sitting in front of her, hemming and hawing and trying to justify the decision to go to the point where we started having a conversation of, your gut decision with your personal minimums is probably the right decision. The Absolutely. more you try to justify that decision to fly, whether it be for a check ride or to fly to your friend's wedding or what have you, the more you try to justify that decision, the more likely you are to make a bad decision. Absolutely. So I, I ultimately, I'm like, and, and I told myself that as I, as I told her, this is what we're doing. We're going to, I'll take the discontinuance. I, I'm trying to justify a decision that I've already made. And I still second guess the hell out of it for days <laughs> Try to yeah learn. i know <laughs> yeah Jim, like maybe i should have just done it maybe i should have just done it but yeah and i had to very unkindly tell him to hey maybe you shouldn't second guess your very good decision um because in the, and that's why we have personal minimums it's a very good explanation that is literally the explanation as to why because what if you didn't have those personal minimums what if you didn't stick with it you probably would have gone would you have died? Probably not. You know, you've got a DP in the other seat, but geez, would you have passed? Also, perhaps not. It also doesn't show good decision-making, you know? Right. And it, with winds, how you were um, describing, I wouldn't have even done it. I don't fly in strong variable winds. Nope, not worth it. It is not fun for anybody. So 
I mean, we could hear the wind outside as I'm trying to make the decision and watching the windsock change directions in not subtle ways. And I'm like, nah, this is probably, I, I think I also said maybe the lack of aircraft around this airport right now should also be a clue. Okay. So we talked about our check ride goofs, right? Yep, check ride so goofs. So what about your biggest check ride victory? Uh, my power off 180 because I thought I was going to fail. Like the days before, I could not nail that for anything. Like I was getting so mm -hmm. frustrated. I'm like, I'm going to fail. I'm absolutely going to fail because it's a stupid power off 180. And the day you of, I, I did it. That was it. That was it. Well, yeah, good job. I think one of my, one of the, my biggest ones, because I feel like I have a couple. My first one that I thought of was in my, that same check ride, the, um, the one I did in Florida the, for my private, we were coming in and I, I'm not going to say who said this, who my DBs was because I don't want to get anybody in trouble. Um, so you know how you're supposed to do a short and soft landing? I'm aware. We did one landing. I, he said, I want to see a combined short and soft field landing as we're turning final from my niner. And I was like, how the hell am I going to do that? I kind of thought about it for a minute. I said, <clears throat> okay. Which was like a big step for me because my confidence, like cause that whole rating was like, it could have been a pretty decent sitcom like not even sitcom just like a, a i don't know not even a drama no it wasn't it wasn't entertaining it was just like <laughs> there was a lot of character growth is what i'm trying to say okay um and it was <laughs> not pretty um but i grew a lot and one of those things was taking things in stride and kind of working with what you're given um because i would you know my biggest thing was i'd freeze up i'd become a passenger you know if i got too stressed boom i'm always out you know, I would not be flying the plane um, and not consciously. It was just like I would just stop, you know, uh, and it was that was something we had to get me over. It was tough. <laughs> and I said, OK, you know, I will do my best. And I landed it as soft as anything. It was right on my point. And he just looks at me and he said, no, some of my CFIs can't even give me that. That was beautiful. I was like, <gasps> I like couldn't believe it. I was like, I like in my head I was like oh, you know freak it out um but I held it together um <laughs> and I think my other one was my retake for my CFI you know so what I failed on was the emergency approach to landing so an engine failure and then picking a spot and doing all that stuff because I went out and practiced it and it was the first time that I had really said to an instructor look this is something that I have to practice I don't feel like I have this you know 100% like something is not clicking we need to go practice this because in the 141 environment, it's sometimes hard to make that approach because it's yeah. like you just do what the syllabus says and the instructor's word is it's law. So that was a step for me. And I freaking nailed it. Like she was impressed. I even saw a grass strip right below us. And I was like, well, if this were a real engine failure, you know, I could just land on that grass strip and then I could get, you know, because it has one sock and everything like that would have been nice. She's just like, oh, I didn't even see that. And I was like, well, yeah, I was like, do you want me to switch? And she's like, no, just continue. I was like, okay. So I got to 500 feet and I went full, I recovered full power and all that. And, and she, I could tell that she was thrilled with it. And, you know, and that's, you know, for a DPE, you know, generally they're pretty level-headed about it, but I could tell that, you know, she, there was a, an approval there and like, that's not just like, yep, box checked, you know, kind of thing. And I was just like, yes. You're still proud of that moment. I can see it in your face. I am. <laughs> well, I mean, it's hard. It's a bittersweet thing. Cause I did fail it the first time. And I remember how that felt. Yeah. It's like, I had never done one before. I could not believe it. That truck ride, it was tough. It was bumpy and I was in unfamiliar airspace. You know, I was very tired. 
I should, I had no place in that cockpit that day. That, and that was why, you know, I've started becoming a little bit more adamant about my minimums. It's like, if sure. I'm tired, I'm not, I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to fly because I'm, I'm just not, if I'm not with it, you know, especially now when, you know, I have a lot of responsibility, you know, if something happens on me, yeah, I need to be with it. So, you know, today, thank goodness, my student was like, can we do a sim? I was like, yes, we can. You know, of course, I would love to do a sim. I was like, uh, like totally dead. I got in really late last night. So as we wrap up this topic, I just want to reiterate again. We are not your CFIs. Though Maddie is a CFI, she's not your CFI. So nope. make sure you talk to your CFI and you're having those conversations about what you should be doing. They won't hopefully not lead you astray. Do you want to talk about merch before the holidays or should I? Do we have holiday merch? Well, no, it's just the holidays are coming and oh. people should buy merch. This is true. Have you ever thought to yourself, man, I would really love to support my favorite podcast and give a really cool gift. If you yourself have thought that, Maybe you should go to uh, flyingmidwest.com forward slash merch to find yourself some really cool stuff, such as mugs and t-shirts and support the podcast. Or maybe you need a gift for yourself. Maybe you've been extra good this year and you treat want yourself. To, yeah, you want to treat yourself. Head on over and get some merch. So as much as I love talking to you and Trevor, just shooting the breeze, I miss our guests like a lot. Who do we have on for next time? You're in luck. We have a guest next time. We will have conservation officer pilot Jason Jensen with the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources. He's going to talk to us about the history of aviation in the Department of Natural Resources, uh, the types of flying that they do, and it's not just the typical enforcement stuff you might think of. So uh, excited to hear from him, and we will have that on our next episode. That sounds super fun. I don't know anything about what that job entails, but I'm certainly excited. It'll be just another fun way to talk about things you can do in aviation that aren't the typical road of i'm gonna go fly for the airlines i'm all about that i'm all about alternatives there you go all right as we close out this podcast we'd like to encourage you to jump on wherever you're listening to this podcast leave us a review leave us a rating if you leave us a review good or bad we'll go ahead and read it on the podcast and give you a little shout out good or bad i'm yeah, feeling brian's is gonna be absolutely five stars five stars and as always if you have any ideas for the show any events you want to share with us you can reach out to us on any of our social media accounts or email us at flying at gmail.com well until next time see ya see ya oh thank god <laughs> it's finally over yeah for real which is what most people listening probably are thinking it's like oh god it's finally <laughs> over Thanks so much for joining us on the Flying Midwest Podcast. Until next time, podcast service terminated, Squawk VFR, frequency change approved. Good day. So I think so the Maddie, check... Oh, go ahead, Trevor. Go ahead, Jim. No, you, you start. Go ahead, Jim. Oh, God. Who's go more ahead, Minnesotan Jim. here? <clears throat> oh, oh no, no you, you go first. You go first. Oh no, you. First. Oh you no, no, first. you. You go first. Well, time to go. Since we're talking Minnesotan, yeah. Do you guys have? Do you guys have bag of bags? Oh yeah, I got a bag of bags. Maddie, you got a bag of bags? I got a bag of bags. Actually, I do. Me too. It's over there. I think I got two bags of bags. <laughs> I've got a bag of bags in my camper. Yeah, you gotta have a bag of bags. Oh. Where else do you put the bags if you don't have a bag of bags? I got a new cup!
case you guys are wondering. I'm gonna cut that out. No one cares what you're cut, Maddie. Anyway, but yeah, it's yeah. So that was a big milestone. Um, things are going to be changing here in the next few weeks, which is not totally not stressing me out at all. Um, the hell is that? Can you hear that? Yeah. Is that Piper? No, it's my neighbor. Okay. <laughs> Let's get back on track. Were, Were we ever on track? We've, we've um, devolved to making like childish noises at each other. <laughs> I know like, you are, but what am I? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Not touching you. Where were we at? Uh, I was talking about how my life is a disaster, but kind of avoiding that. Oh yeah, topic. carry on. Tell us more. <laughs> um, and we do mock check rides just my structure. <clears throat> so there's also one thing that I like to always bring up, um, and I just completely forgot what it was. <laughs> Well, you're, always, not, you're not at a check ride. So I always okay. want to bring this up if I remember what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually really good. It was a really good comment, too. I've been able to talk intelligently. Talk intelligently. Speak intelligently. <laughs> I am not anybody's CFI. Disclaimer. Well, I, I'm my student's CFI. I'm not your CFI. If you're listening, I am not your CFI. Do not take my word. So as we wrap, I hate when I do that. Hate it. Sounds great. All right, one more time. He says for the seventh time. <laughs> uh, eighth time's the charm. Yeah, eighth time is the charm. She's like, we've got to talk about other stuff, but I was like, Barb, I want to know. <laughs> but you're so cool. Tell me all the stories. You're so cool, please. She's like, like, no, no, no. You tell me all the things about flying. How about yeah, that? pretty much. <laughs> and I... Seven minutes to say 30 seconds worth of content. That's okay. It'll be worth it in the end. Good yeah, time. sure, sure, sure. Oh, yeah, I got a bag of bags. <laughs>